This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, if you read any Canadian fiction, then you have undoubtedly heard the name Michael Crummy. The Newfoundland and Labrador author has been nominated for all sorts of awards for his work. His latest novel, and it's his first in more than five years, is called The Innocents. And it's been shortlisted for the Giller Prize and the Rogers Writers Trust Fiction Prize as well. Now, I read it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I wouldn't call it uplifting, but it's definitely compelling. And boy, there is a lot of truth in it as well. Michael Crummy joins us now. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Now, first of all, congratulations on the book. It is wonderful. What? Where did the inspiration for this come from? Well, the seed of it was a, a true story that I found in the archives in St. John's years and years ago. And it was um, an account of a clergyman traveling around the islands at a time when the clergy traveled because communities were too small to have their own churches. And he happened on a brother and sister orphaned and living alone in an isolated cove. And uh, some people get upset with me for uh, telling this next little bit of it because they think it's a bit of a spoiler. So if your listeners are worried about that, they can plug their ears for 10 seconds. Um, but th- he he knew right away that the sister was pregnant, and he assumed that the brother was the father, and I'm sure he was right about that. And I was I was haunted by those youngsters, you know, the thought of them being left alone in a cove by themselves and having to figure out what it was as they moved out of childhood into adolescence, what it was to be an adult in the world. That's such a harsh reality, though, isn't it? But that yet you found that story in the records. And when you saw that, did you right away think, I can do something with this? Uh, well, I right away thought, now, that's a story. There's a story there to be told. And my second thought was, I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I was really... I was really intimidated by it because I knew trying to tell that story would be so fraught and complicated that there would be a thousand different ways it could go wrong. And so I didn't for years. I, I tried to put it aside, but I guess it, those those two youngsters never quite left me. And that's so that says a lot about Newfoundland history, though, as well, doesn't it, Michael? Because there are so many stories like that, and and there is a dark history there as well. It, it it has always been an incredibly difficult place to make a go of it, especially in those early years of European settlement. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of stories about people living in conditions that me, having grown up in the world that I grew up in, find almost unbelievable that people could not just survive it, but create a life out of it, you know? So I, I did want to give some hints of that in this story as well, that that, like Ada, for example, is interested in beautiful things in the world and wants some of that in her life. So it it is bare survival, but the aspirations are for more than that in these two. I always find that when it comes to Newfoundland and Labrador is that I think in the rest of Canada, if you've never been there, you really underestimate how many stories there are to be told from that province, wouldn't you say? I, I think so. And... Um, and also, it feels like, in some ways, it's it's pretty much untapped. You know, I, I'm I feel like I'm part of maybe the first or maybe second generation of writers to ever sit down and say there are stories here to be told, and and putting them into novels and sending them out into the world. So, it does feel 
like a really exciting time to be writing out of that place. And why do you think it is that? You said first, maybe second generation. Why do you think it has taken so long to tell some of these stories? Because they are so compelling. Yeah, I think partly it's because Newfoundland was primarily an oral culture right up until, um, I mean, I was the first person in my family ever to go to university. Um, and pre-Confederation Newfoundland, there was very the, the education system was pretty basic. So I think in in my lifetime, it was the first time that uh, Newfoundlanders were raised in a way that presented writing as an as an opportunity. I, I think before that, there were very few people who would have been in circumstances where they might have thought that was something they could do with their lives. And when you write about it, is that because you want to, you want to write what you know? Well, I think, I mean, I'm often asked uh, if I would consider writing a book not set in Newfoundland. And my answer is, well, I, I could, I guess, but I'm not, why would I? There, there are so many fantastic stories there. And also, Newfoundland's the place that made me. So in some ways, I think writing about these stories is a, a kind of self-exploration. You know, it's the place that interests me most. And so that's ended up being, I mean, and I might, the next novel might be set in British Columbia for all I know. But, <laughs> but up to now, Newfoundland has really been the only thing that's interested me as a writer. You know, Michael, just to tell you, I bought every single one of your books because my husband's from Newfoundland. And oh, is so, that right? Yeah, yeah he, and he loves <laughs> reading about that too because right, you're right, right. There's, I think if you're from there, there's certain stories that people who are also from there, it immediately resonates with them. But do you think your books also open a window on that region for other people? Well, I hope so. You know, I, and I, I feel really fortunate to have found an, an audience outside of Newfoundland. And I also think, I, I hope this is true, and only readers will know, I guess, but I, I hope that as specific as the, as the stories are to Newfoundland and as much as Newfoundland is my subject, I, I also hope that what part of the reason that the stories I, I end up writing about appeal to me is because I see something universal in them as well, you know. So I think there's there's something... Regardless if you're in British Columbia or Poland or England, that that these stories will speak to for you. You talked about the particular content of this book, The Innocence, and how it is it is a difficult subject, right, to talk yes. about. But yeah. then look at how much it has resonated with people and look how much it has kind of really struck a chord. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I'm, I am kind of stunned by it. I mean, when I first started working on this book, and was telling my agent uh, what what exactly I was writing about. I kind of thought it might be career suicide. You know, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know how people would respond to this. But um, I decided that I was going to write about it as openly and honestly as I could, and but not to be exploitative. And I think that was a really important thing. I, I didn't want ever for readers to feel like they were having their faces pushed into something they didn't want to see. It was a delicate line to walk, but uh, the response to the book makes me think that maybe I I managed that. Oh, I think you did manage that. Michael, do you generally wait to be inspired? Do you wait for that story to kind of come along and hit you and you have that moment of inspiration? Yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a weird process. Um, usually what ends up happening, and I think this is part of the reason there's so many years between books for me, is I will have uh, two or three ideas for a book and I'll dismiss them. They just don't seem like a story I should write or they don't seem big enough or and then the stories that 
keep coming back, and some of them do, and this was one of them. I dismissed it I don't know how many times, and it it just kept coming back and um, insisted on itself, I guess. So it's usually the story that's most insistent in that way that I end up uh, settling into. And do you think people from Newfoundland appreciate their history and appreciate their stories, or do they take it for granted? No, I think, I don't know if I've ever been anywhere else uh, where people are more uh, invested in and more yeah. protective of their history than, than in Newfoundland, and which is a little bit frightening if you're a writer and and taking some of those stories and, and putting them out there because people will let you know if you mess it up. Right, that's a good question. That's a good point that I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, how is how is your book received then in in Newfoundland? Well, so far, very positively. But I've been on the road for quite a while, so I don't know. <laughs> there might be a crowd with pitchforks at the airport when I get back. I'm not sure. Well, uh, but I think no. I think um, generally, like all of my books, have been set in Newfoundland and have been about particular parts of Newfoundland history and. The, the overwhelming response has been really positive. And people, I think, are really grateful to see those stories getting out there and finding an audience outside the province as well. Well, I loved it so much, and I thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you having me on. Anytime. That is Michael Crummy, the an author. His latest book is called The Innocence. He also wrote a great book called River Thieves and so many others. He's also a, a playwright. Uh, but the, the book The Innocence has been now shortlisted for the Giller and the Rogers Writers Trust Fiction Prize as well. You should definitely check it out. And, you know, it's interesting what Michael said there about people in Newfoundland and Labrador, that it being more of an oral culture. And so he's really the first, maybe the second generation to actually write those stories down. That is so true. I once had an experience there where we went to an archaeological site, and this would have been, oh, 20-plus years ago, and they were doing this amazing dig, and they were digging up the foundations of a community that had been there in the 1600s. This was the colony of Avalon. In fact, the Mayflower is said to have stopped there to get supplies before continuing on, right, on its historic voyage. Uh, So they're digging it up and the tour guide, and by the way, the tour was free. They weren't even charging people at this point, which I couldn't believe. Uh, They were telling us how they had actually dug up a well and the, the well was the result that had been closed up. It had been started in the 1500s. So they had found this, you know, 350 year old well. And I said, how did you find it? And the tour guide said, oh, well, we'd heard stories that a child had died as a result of falling into a well and, you know, it was kind of over there. It took them two tries to find it on a 350-year-old well that had been covered up. And I said, well, why didn't you try looking for it sooner? And she looked at me and she said, well, we always knew it was there. Why would we bother? <laughs> that, that is so typical of Newfoundland. So much history there. If you've never gone, I cannot recommend to you enough to definitely go and check it out.